with you to get you connected to a life group. So we hope you would consider that. Hey, that is a wrap for announcements. Uh, so we are ready to get into God's Word this morning. You guys excited? Awesome. Hey, yes, <laughs> one excited person. <laughs> Hey, I want to welcome our, our Flag Fort Scott family that is joining us this morning. Welcome, guys. We're excited for you guys and for, so, super thankful for the team that helped set up this morning and got things rolling. I know it was a, a new start, but we're excited for you guys this morning. So we're continuing our series, uh, actually I should say wrapping up our series today on a vision. And uh, if this is your very first Sunday here, you can always go to our Flag Church app and you can catch up on all of our previous messages, so we hope you would consider that. But uh, talking about vision, being a seer, the first week we talked about the importance of how we need to be seers and we were talking about how God has given us eyes to see in the physical sense, but what we are referring to here is how God wants us to see past just what we can see from our physical eyes. What we see from our physical eyes is what we see in front of us, what we can perceive, what we see in our current situation, our circumstances, things that are happening in our lives. But there is something that God wants to reveal to us in the spiritual aspect, in the spiritual world that we, that is in Him, that the only way we can see that is through Him. And by His Spirit. And we talked about the importance of how we need to be seers because there is a blind world out there that needs seers. Week one. Week two, we talked about the importance of meeting the vision restorer. He is our vision restorer. Jesus Christ is the ultimate uh, per, the seer that is able to restore our vision and to be able to give us eyes to see from a spiritual sense. And uh, it was so cool this morning. I don't know how many of you are reading along with us uh, in our Bible reading plan through the New Testament. And if you uh, would like to join, you can always jump in by going to our app. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, it said, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love Him. How exciting. But he goes on, he says, but if it was to us that God revealed these things by His Spirit. For His Spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. His Spirit wants to reveal to us what God has in store for each and every one of us. He wants to show us His love. He wants to show us His grace. He wants to reveal to us what only He can do. And the way that He does that is through His Spirit, a revelation. And so we've been talking about how Spirit-led people see things that others do not see. Spirit-led people see things that others do not see. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. To be able to see what God wants us to see. 
Now, if, I don't know how many of you noticed this, but we kind of unpacked this whole series backwards. We kind of did uh, the last message first. Now, you may have not realized that, but we talked about uh, being a seer first. But seeing, today's message is called Seeing the Hope Giver. Seeing the hope giver. And when we see the hope giver, the hope giver is able to restore our vision. And when the hope giver is rest- restores our vision, we're able to be seers. And when we are seers, the blind world has seers that can help them become seers. So this message today is kind of uh, the, the foundational message where we have to ask ourselves the question, have I met the hope giver? So to help us unpack this, once again, I'm going to use another story in, in the Bible that uh, kind of points to the importance and how uh, there was this person that met the hope giver. And we're going to use the conversation between two individuals, uh, a person that was lost, that was blind, that is blind, that get, receives sight, but is meeting the seer himself, Jesus. And so there are two people having a conversation. We're going to learn from it. But like I said last week, I would love for you to be that third person, to inject yourself into the scene, into the conversation, ask the question, where do I fit in? Where do I fit in in this scene, in this script? What is my role? How do I see myself? What season of life am I in? And so last week, we noticed how Jesus took a journey. He was on a, on a journey headed uh, north. Well, this time, he's headed south, and he's headed back to Jerusalem uh, for a festival. And uh, uh, he stops by uh, this pool called Bethsaida, or Bethesda, how different people say it differently. But uh, by the pool of Bethesda that was uh, surrounded by these five big, big columns, and just to give you a little background about this, uh, of the pool, uh, the story behind the pool, the pool of Bethesda is this five-sided uh, pool that is a hole in the ground that is full of water. And the only way to access it is uh, by taking this ladder to get into it. And we see that uh, the modern archaeological digs have actually found this pool and, 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 and the porticos that were surrounding this pool. And it's so cool just to see how uh, these, uh, these discoveries are pointing back <laughs> to confirm God's word and, and the things that we see in God's word. The ancient Greeks, we see, had a culture for a pagan god uh, of healing and, and this god was named Asclepion. Asclepion. And so uh, what they did during the peak of, this, of their empire is they built a ton of these healing pools or these Asclepion pools in different parts of the country. And they, would also, they also built uh, one in Jerusalem. And so what we see here is that people will go to this pool... They'll sit around this pool, and and they will bathe in this pool in the water. They will drink this water with the belief that this will bring healing to their bodies. And so this is what was happening in in the time. And and the superstition that they believed in that culture was that there was an angel that would show up and stir the water. And when the water was stirred, the first person that would get into that pool would be healed. And that's what they believed. But what we know, right, what we've discovered now is that there was a subterranean stream that ran under that pool that would bubble up every so often. 
And so when that happened, they believed that the angel was stirring the water so they would try to get into that pool and, uh, and be healed. And this is the kind of superstition that we saw happening in that time, but it still is happening in our world today. There are some parts of the world that still see rituals like this as ways and means for them to be healed or for them to find hope or for them to find uh, true meaning to life. And there's this broken system out there. So here is this pool, and we've got people that were hurt, that were looking for healing, that were sitting around this pool. People who had real hurts, real pain real sickness, that were hanging around this pool, waiting for this pool to be stirred up. So they were waiting for a long time, looking to find real healing for their pain. They were looking through blind eyes at a blind system, at a broken system, a ritualistic system that was created by humans to bring healing to their body. And after a while, these people started to lose hope because they did not see the truth. They were focusing on a system that was broken. There was blindness. And God's word says uh, that there is the, the, uh, the God of this universe, Satan, has blinded us to the truth. And so we start worshiping created things Versus worshiping the creator God who has hope for us, who has the answers to our problems, who has solutions for our challenges. But the enemy of, this, the enemy of our lives, the God of this world has blinded us. And God's word says, when you know the truth, the truth will set you free. And so what we see here is um, there was a guy in verse 5 that was there. He was an invalid who was there for 38 years years. For 38 years, he was sitting around this pool waiting for his opportunity because he was crippled due to illness or disability that had happened in his life. He um, was there, and he was constantly experiencing disappointment. Disappointment because he was repeatedly looking for God to show up and meet his expectations of healing. But unfortunately, the God that he was looking at was not the living God, but it was a supernatural man-made God. I don't know how many of you in this room today have been waiting, waiting with some form of ailment, some form of struggle in your life, maybe physical, maybe mental, maybe spiritual, where you've been waiting and you've lost hope, where you've been putting your hope on the supernatural systems of this world, where you've been looking for answers in the wrong places, that you've been using the blind eyes that, uh, that the enemy has given you and have focused on the created things, trying to find hope, trying to find happiness, trying to find fulfillment, trying to find joy, and what you are discovering is constant disappointment. And you're wondering where this God is. And because it's possible, is it possible that we're worshiping a man-made God and not the living God? So in John chapter 5, verse 6, when Jesus 
saw him, when Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he approached this man. This man was an outcast. He was somebody that was rejected in in those days. If you had an ailment like this, the people would say that you had sin in your life and it was a sin in your life that caused you to be this way. And so they they were rejected people because there was sin. They were broken. They were messed up. They they had stuff that was not right in their lives. So the, the people in that community rejected them. They were the outcasts. But Jesus saw him. Jesus saw his condition. Jesus knew his pain. Jesus saw the hopelessness that was in his life. And Jesus sees you this morning. Jesus sees you. He sees where you are. He sees your struggle. He sees your hopelessness in your life. He sees your anxiety. He sees your worries. He sees your pain. He sees your hurt. He sees your loss. He sees your struggles in your marriage. He sees it all. He sees you today. He's here today. He wants to meet with you. He showed up to meet with this guy that had been sitting at this pool for 38 years. Verse 6, he asked him, would you like to get well? (laughs) Not complicated. Hey, do you want to get well? Do you want to get well? The invitation is offered. Do you want to be healed? Do you want to walk again? Do you want hope? Some things that we notice looking at Jesus' offer, it was, an in, it was an invitation, not an interrogation. It was not, hey, what sin did you have? What caused this in your life? Man, how come, how come you're in this situation? Maybe you must have done all of this bad stuff, right? No, it was an invitation. Do you want to be well? There was grace versus guilt. It was grace-filled. There was compassion versus criticism. He cared about the guy. He cared about, he saw him. He knew his pain. There was hope in that statement versus hopelessness. Do you want to get well? I think it's something that we need to observe here that the the essence or the important fact here for receiving healing, grace, hope, and spiritual insight from Jesus is an intense desire for it. He said, do you want, do you want to be healed? Do you want? Do you have a desire to meet the hope giver, the vision restorer, the healer of your life, the one that has the answers, the one that can bring hope, the one that can say, you know what? I can heal you. 
I can restore you. I can set you free from all of the bondage that this world has brought on you. I can open your eyes from the blindness that the enemy has put on you. I can reveal truth to you. I can. He can. And he's asking you that question this morning. How did the man respond? He said, sir. The invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. (laughs) While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. He was still seeing from his old self. He was still seeing from his blind eyes. He was still seeing from his superstitious way of operation. He was like, well, but there is no one that can help me. He was seeing from the world's standpoint and not from God's standpoint. See, when we, what we see and perceive determines what we do and how we live. What we see and perceive. If we see hopelessness, if we see our brokenness, if we see our situations as ways that we don't have outlets to, if we don't see the, the hope giver, and that's how we live. But if we see him, that changes what we do and how we live. There is more energy. There's more excitement in our life because we have hope now. Because we see the hope giver. We see somebody that can heal us. We see someone that understands our pain. We know that the person on the other side can actually take care of our pain. What did this man see? He just saw the pool that was being stirred. The superstition, the false hope, he, he, the facts that he couldn't walk. He was focused more on the fact that he was a cripple and that his body was broken and there was no hope for him. Man, I, uh, this week I had a conversation with a person that was struggling with depression and, and anxiety and, and fear that had crippled this person. And, and, and I kept telling this person, hey, there is hope in Jesus. There's hope in Jesus. But all they could focus on is their anxiety. All they could focus on was their, 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 the struggle and the, the stronghold in their life because their focus was on the brokenness in their life. They were not seeing the hope that was standing right there in front of them, Jesus. This guy did not notice that there was Jesus standing in front of him. There was no one in their life that could help him. He was stuck. He was believing a lie that that he was in isolation, that he was lonely, that he was uh, rejected, that he was uh, living in this isolated world. And that is what the enemy wants to do. He wants to isolate you. He wants to separate you from community because we were created for community by our creator. So he wants to isolate you and say, you are alone. There's no one that can help you. No one cares about you. No one sees you. But let me tell you, when you, be, when you join a community of believers, God shows up through people. God works through people. He works through the people that are in your life groups. He works through the people that are in your serve groups. He works through the people that are sitting right next to you. That's just how God works. He chooses to use people to work through them to show up. And in this case, he was going, there's no one here to help me. There are people around you, but you've got to change your focus and focus on the giver of life who then helps you connect to community. He did not see the hope giver. 
just to take you on a quick detour, last week, the woman at the well, she was focused on the water in the well versus the water that Jesus was trying to offer her. She was like, but how do I get that water? And she was focused on the water, and Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water, the water in this well, the, the, the physical, the temporal, the, the, the created thing, will thirst again. But whoever drinks the water that I give them, the eternal, will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up, to eternal life, the hope giver. Where we shift our focus from the created things, the supernatural, the man-made, to the creator God himself who wants to be in a vibrant relationship with you and me, who wants to bring hope, who wants to give you eyes to see, who wants you to see the things that are happening in the spiritual realms, who wants to fix and to heal you in whatever situation you are in right now. Jesus said, if you can just see who is standing in front of you, not in this pool that is being stirred up. What do you see today? Do you see Jesus? Do you see Jesus? Are your eyes blinded by the haze of this world, the things of this world? Are you holding on to superstition of this world, man-made systems, hoping that you will find hope and answers to the brokenness that is inside of you? Are you finding temporary fixes to the problems in your life and willing to live with that temporary fix versus meeting someone that could give you a permanent fix? Jesus? Are you focused on the disabilities in your life, or are you focusing on the life giver himself, Jesus Christ? Is there hope, or is there hopelessness in your life this morning? Verse 8, Jesus told him, stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. What is Jesus telling you today? Stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. What's he telling you today? I want us to pause for a moment here. This is a life-changing moment for you. What is Jesus telling you today? You may be here this morning, and you know your situation. And you know where you are in life. You know what you're going through. But if you sense God nudging you right now and saying, Hey, will you let me? Will you let me? Whatever that is. That might be physical. That might be mental. That might be spiritual. That may be relational, financial, whatever it is. But if God is saying right now, will you let me? Would you raise your hand? We just want to, I just want to pray right now. Just pray over you. Thank you. Someone else. Who else? You, thank you. Raise your hands up high. Thank you. 
If Jesus is saying, yes, that's me, raise your hand. Thank you. Keep your hands raised. Do you mind keeping your hands raised? Yeah, let's keep our hands raised. I know you guys are like, because if you, hey, can you just keep your hands raised? If you see somebody with their hands raised, if you're sitting right next to them right now, can you just lay a hand on them? So we're just going to pray right now. We're going to pray and we're going to believe. Anyone else, if Jesus is saying, will you let me? Can you, here's your opportunity to raise your hand. Okay, okay, let's just pray. Father, we just believe in you and we know that you are the hope giver. And so right now, in the name of Jesus, we pray healing. Whatever that is, you know what it is, Lord. And so we pray healing over these people. And we ask that right now that you would move and that you would reveal yourself and that you will receive all glory for what you are doing in and through the people in this room who are your children. We ask this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. You know what happened in verse 9? Instantly, instantly, <laughs> the man was healed. He rolled up his sleeve, a sleeping mat, and began to walk. Do we believe that today for our lives? Do we believe that Jesus has power to instantly heal you of whatever it is that you have? If that's physical, mental, spiritual, whatever it is, do you believe that he has the power? The spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is the same spirit that lives inside of us is what God's word says. And when that spirit lives inside of us, it has power to work in the same way that it worked in Jesus' life. So let's stop believing the lies of this world that we have broken bodies and we have broken minds and we have broken systems and let's start believing the hope that Jesus wants to bring into our hearts and into our lives because he is the hope giver. He's here. He wants to forgive your sins. He wants to show you grace and mercy. He wants to heal and restore your bodies. He wants to provide hope. The only thing that is holding that back is me and you. He wants to. Jesus brought sight to a blind world. He brought light to a dark world. He brought truth to a lost world. He brought hope to a hopeless world. He brought healing to a hurt world. And he brought direct access to the Father. And he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, Jesus. I got this video because I know some of us learn things differently, but I want to draw your attention to the screen. Shalom. Me. Yes. Shalom. I have a question for you. For me. I don't have many answers, but I'm listening. Do you want to be healed? Who are you? We'll get to that later. But my question remains. 
Will you take me to the water? Look, I'm having a really bad day. You've been having a bad day for a long time. So? Sir, I have no one to help me into the water when it's stirred up. And when I do get close, the others step down in front of me. And so... Look at me. Look at me. That's not what I asked. I'm not asking you about who's helping you or who's not helping or who's getting in your way. I'm asking about you. <laughs> I've tried. For a long time, I know. And you don't want false hope again, I understand. But this pool, it has nothing for you. It means nothing. And you know it. But you're still here. Why? I don't know. You don't need this pool. You only need me. So, do you want to be healed? So let's go. Get up. Pick up your mat. And walk. Free to walk, like he said. Jesus' words, look at me. Don't look at your situation. Don't look at your brokenness. Don't look at your broken systems, your, super your superstitious ways. Look at me. No matter how long it has been, he still has the healing power. And when we see Jesus, we're able to pick up 
our brokenness and we're able to walk in freedom. This morning, we have people that have seen the hope giver, that have experienced that freedom in their lives. I've got to learn some of their stories, and it's just a beautiful thing when Jesus works in people's lives. It's, we've got quite a few coming this morning to be water baptized. And what is what before they come? What is water baptism? Once you've given your life to Jesus Christ and you've surrendered yourself by repenting and asking Jesus to forgive you of your sins, you've met the hope giver. The next step in your spiritual walk is water baptism. It's a symbolic act of you saying, I am dying to myself just like Jesus did. And on the third day, he was rose again and he brought life. What we're seeing with water baptism is a dying of ourselves and then